So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Welcome to Conversing with the Text. This is episode 33, and I am glad that you uh, can be with us today. I am Pastor Michael Ware of Holly Ridge Presbyterian Church in beautiful Blacksburg, South Carolina. If you're looking for a body of believers who love Christ and one another, come meet with us on Sunday, uh, on on any given Sunday, uh, for worship at 1030. Um, and the last time we were in Genesis, we talked about Cain and Abel and false worship and the consequence of, of faithfulness in worship. Um, and this this is still kind of the attitude, um, you know, of many who who would invent um, things in worship. You know, so we we talked about um, when when uh, even even you know Christians who bring in other elements that that are not given to us in the Bible. They're they're you know they come from other uh, other religions or or in you know. Even the the own invention of our hearts, we have to be careful. Um, and and usually, when that happens, um, when they're confronted with what the Bible teaches, or with just seeing biblical worship done, it uh, it, it angers many of them, um, and uh, and they don't they don't like it. It's almost like it's an affront to them um, because I, I think it's because they know that they're they're doing will worship and it's not acceptable. But uh, but now, what I want to talk about. Um, Today is is what God did about this, and and we will deal with a few questions. Many Christians are confused about what God does with Cain, and and uh, they think Yahweh lets Cain skate by uh, on this murder, you know, of his brother. He just gets off scot free. Um, this is is actually not the case, and uh, and we'll we'll look at we'll look at that. There's a lot here, and I read the whole context. We may go back and look at some other things, and and then in the coming. Episodes, um, but but there's a just a few things that I want to touch on as we look at um, at these verses. Uh, first, we need to understand we, uh, as we said when we talked about verses one through five, there was a standard. This is not something that this is not something that Cain didn't know about, right? He, oh, what we're supposed to do it this way? 
Oh, I didn't know that. No, it, it, this has been handed down to him by his father. Uh, he has probably worshipped many times with his family, um, watching his father do the sacrifices and provide the coverings for them each year uh, at the given time. Um, remember we said the fullness of time meant more than likely uh, a set time of the year, most likely fall uh, of the year, which kind of fit, fit in well with uh, us coming to the end of the year um, and and uh, and fall and, and Christmas and the Advent season. Um, and and we, we have to remember, because what happens, we get this mindset from, from the humanists, because what happens is they, they go, oh, well, but the, the question you always get, right, what about those who have never heard the gospel? Okay, well, they're guilty before God. You know, they, go, they go to hell. Oh, well, that's not fair. They don't, just because, I mean, they, they've not accepted a name they don't know. You get, you've got to understand, friends, that's first of all not the case. Um, first, first and foremost, people don't go to hell for not uh, believing on the name of Jesus Christ. They go to hell for being wicked and in rebellion, open, knowing rebellion against God. And then second, we need to understand that God never, never uh, think you know, he, he never holds us to something that um, we're not aware of. Right, God has written the standard on our hearts, and we are without excuse. The same can be said of Cain. He knew, he knew what he was doing was wicked in the will worship, and then because his his will worship was not accepted to God because it was it was not um, regarded, as the text of the New King James says, because it wasn't regarded by God. Then uh, he gets mad. He gets angry. Uh, and and so Cain was asked about two things. God wanted to know why Cain was angry. Now, when we think about um, that, we we uh, we have found a better way, and it and it falls flat. We get mad, right? We when when we think, hey man, I got this figured out. I'm going to do something completely different, and it fails, right? It just falls flat. Well, it it kind of angers us, especially when we see those who are doing what the Bible commands. And they're being successful, and so it kind of we, we get jealous, we we get angry. Why why didn't my thing work? Right? Well, you didn't do it the way you was commanded to do it. That's that's why it didn't work. Um, but and this is especially true when we when we make innovations in the things of God. And so we're going to see um, when we get to the Tower of Babel that that that's a thing. The um, the uh, building of the Tower of Babel was was an innovation. Uh, using technology to replace what God had given the people, right? So when we do that, it angers us. And so what what did Cain do? Well, instead of repenting, right, as we're going to see he should have done, instead of repenting and doing what's right, he killed his brother. That was his answer, right? So God asked why Cain's countenance had fallen. Now, this literally means face, so... God says, why is your face fallen? And, and you know, we hear all the time, you know, the, the eyes are the mirror of the soul. But what we need to understand is our face gives us away, our countenance. That's what that means there, the, the way we hold ourselves, our attitude and our um, level of joy, maybe. Maybe we could put it that way, um, our happiness. It, it shows on our face. Right when we're when we're joyful, when we're doing what is right, and we're obeying God, and we're seeking to glorify Christ in the world, 
then we're joyful, even if they're tying us to a pole to burn us to death, right? Because because it's that those events, those things that are going on, they're not connected to our joy. What is connected to our joy is obedience to God, right? And so um, Cain's expression showed his loss or lack of joy. Many times when we fail to do right, it affects our outlook and our attitude. Now, this is what happens, right? And, and um, uh, Jay Adams, and we're going to mention him a couple times today, Jay Adams makes, you know, makes this point. What sin, sin can become a, a spiral downward into depression, what, so he gives the example of, of a, a man going to work, and he has a bad day at work. Him and his boss have it out, and um, you know he's reprimanded for doing a bad job. <clears throat> and he didn't think it's fair, so instead of going straight home like he should do, he stops at the bar on the way in, and he misses supper, and he gets, he gets drunk, and he comes home drunk, and his wife's mad and angry at him, and, and he ends up sleeping on the couch, not well, and... He gets up feeling like crap the next day because, of course, he got drunk and he didn't sleep in his bed. And then he goes to work, and his work is affected by his, uh, his first of all, his attitude towards his boss because he didn't submit to him. Second, because he um, tre- mistreated his body and got toasted the night before, and so his body doesn't want to perform, and his mind's not focusing like it should because of uh, lack of, um, of water in the body and dehydration that comes from uh, overdrinking. And all those things make his day bad. He gets reprimanded again. So then then to, to instead of going and repenting to his balls, to his wife, he goes and he gets drunk again. And so it's, it's just this downward spiral. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until he loses his job, maybe, maybe hurts his marriage, maybe loses his wife. And I know that seems like leaps, but we need to understand it as these little things, these little disobediences that continue, and then our reaction to the consequences of those disobediences um, turn around. Instead of us doing obeisance to God and, and repenting to the people that we necessarily or we we're responsible to re- repent to those people that we've not honored as we should, or those people that we've mistreated, or those people we've just um, ignored. Right. So, all these things lead to further falling into sin. Our sinful reaction le- leads to more consequences, which lead in turn to more sinful reaction. So, God tells Cain, if you do right, will you not be accepted? Now, Jay Adams points out that this should be. Uh, this could be shortened to, quote, if you do right, you will feel right. Now, what God is basically saying is your acceptance or, or the acceptance of you by me brings joy. It lifts your countenance. It, it makes you feel right. It makes you feel right. Now, this is not just a thing that goes on with Christians. Cain, was not a, Cain would not be considered a man of faith. He's not a believer. And I think that's funny because if we think about it, that kind of should should make us think through what it means to be a man of faith, what it means to be a believer, right? It's not that it's not that Cain didn't know God existed. I mean, that's just asinine. God speaking to him, his dad walked with God, his mom walked with God in the cool of the day, right? They 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 met God. So, so Cain, there's for Cain, there's no question. There's a God. For Cain, that's not that's not the issue at all. The issue is is that he had no faith. What do we mean by that? Well, okay. So what happens is 
when we are are in when we're given faith as a gift by God, then our He makes us alive and He grants us faith. And this faith causes us to believe all of the Word of God and to structure our life then after that Word. We read it, we study it, we get to know what it means, we worship with other believers, we, we do these things, and we structure our life after these words because we believe God. It's not just that we believe in a God. Man, a lot of people believe in God. A lot of people believe there is a God. A lot of people believe that that God is Jesus Christ, that he came in the flesh and he died on the cross and he rose again. They believe those facts, but they don't trust God in the sense that they're resting their whole lives in him, that everything in their lives is structured around him. So that's what faith is. Faith is not just believing historical facts about God. God created the world, you know, in seven days. I mean, you could be a, you could be an early creationist man and um you know you you could you could fall into all these beautiful categories and you'd be able to explain them and yet you do not live according to the commands of God he who loves me keeps my commandments Jesus said John quoted that in 1 John and he reminds the believers that if you love Jesus if you love Jesus you keep his commands you do what he tells you to do you believe him because you're now beginning to think his thoughts after him. Uh, and so this is what Cain needed to do. He needed to place his faith in God and then adjust his worship practices to meet the standards of God. He needed to worship rightly. Now, this can be applied to any sin, as I've been saying. Um, you know, But many people need to hear this today concerning worship. Worship's not flippant. Worship's not something that you can take or leave. It's not optional. It's not something that we don't need. because and, and the reason that we get that idea is because we get this idea that worship is not doing anything. And I think we've covered that, you know, the, the whole we're ascending unto God every week. We're sitting in the heavenly places and, and we're being fed and, and so forth. Uh, but, but what we need to understand is... Um, it's it's not just that. So so you you have uh you know you have a, a a lady friend of yours and and she's depressed and but you know you begin to ask her well what do you do with your day? What do you you know she's a housewife she she's raising kids and you say well you know what 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 does your structure of your day looks like? Well I get up and it's all I can do to get out of the bed and I'm, I get the kids ready to do their homeschooling and I you know think about lunch or dinner. or I do these things, that or the other, but, you know, it's just all I can do to get myself up and make myself go, and I'm just I'm so depressed. And you say, okay, well, what is the situation with your laundry? What does your, what does your laundry look like? Well, it's behind. Okay, well, what about the dishes? What do the dishes look like? When was the last time you and your husband, um, you know, renewed your covenant together sexually? Um, you know, and you begin to ask these questions. You will eventually. Now, you may get. I, I have known. I have known women who just they are depressed, right? And you, the housework's not the issue. They don't mind doing those things. You know, it's some other issue of unfaithfulness, some other thing that they. It's not. And it's not necessarily what you would call. You know, these socially unacceptable, egregious sins, you know, that they, they're out having an affair or anything. It's just they're not keeping up with their responsibilities, and they know they're not. And, and 
And that causes them to fail in other areas because they their countenance falls, their face falls. And and they don't feel like doing the things that they know that God would have them to do. And so then they go further into it, goes back right back to that spiral. Right? And that's what God says to Cain, right? He he says that sin was crouching at the door. And and its desire was for Cain. Listen, brothers and sisters, the, the desire of Satan, the desire of Satan is for you. You know, remember the chilling words. Could you imagine the Messiah saying to you, oh, by the way, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. Right? And, and we have to remember, we have to remember there are going to be times when he's going to be given permission. And think about what Christ says to Peter. He's asked, he's asked permission to sift you like wheat, but when you return, but when you return, feed my sheep. Tell. Now, that's the thing that we need to think about. It's not just those times of failure. We're, we're given over to Satan. We're, get, we're given over to, to uh, the, the enemy to, uh, to play with us and, and show us our sins, show us our inability to stand on our own. Um, it, it is the times that we return and how we react because, because what we have to understand is if we don't rule over our sin, we become slaves. That's exactly what happens to Cain, he goes from bad to worse. He he kills his brother. He lies about killing his brother. And then he whines that his punishment is not stri- or is too strict. And that that he says he says, Surely your face um I shall be uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I shall be hidden from your face. I shall surely be hidden from your face, he says. Um when in reality, it, it is Cain who leaves the presence of God. One of the things that we need to notice is not in the text. God does not drive Cain out from the community. Not only that, he gives him a mark that he can remain. See, a lot of times we think about this, this mark of Cain as a curse, but what was Cain's com- uh, complaint? Anyone who sees me or anyone who finds me will kill me. And he says, no. Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. So, so now, God had made a way. He was gracious. He set a mark on Cain that all the community, there was only one, Adam's family. That's, there, was, there was only one community. Adam's family would know that if you touch Cain... God's going to take vengeance on you sevenfold, right? So it, it allowed him to stay in the, 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 the mark wasn't a curse. The mark was a blessing. It was a blessing, not just that it saved his life, not just that it stopped people from, from killing him. What it did is it reminded the community that he had to be accepted back in and he could not be killed. All right. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's, Let's talk about the, the lack of the death penalty. This really drives people crazy, right? Because God has one standard. The, you know, covenant, 
Covenant uh, theology teaches that that God has one standard of right and wrong. There's only one one standard of righteousness. When God tells Moses that his laws and statutes in Deuteronomy would would, would be righteousness for the people, it, it's not that there's two two or three standards of righteousness depending on what stage of history we're in. So they will say things, you know, many will complain that God did not have Cain put to death. Um, and, and this also leads unbelievers to think that God's penalties for murder is not fixed, right? He changes the penalty for different times and situations. And and this gives them the idea that they can then, too, change standards. You know, we, we have situational ethics, and it just depends on what situation you're in as to what's right or wrong. But this is just simply wrong-headed. It ignores something that we have already pointed out. God does not normally reach into history to smite people. Think about all your Bible stories, right? Think about all the, the you know, there's, there's things that happens, right? So we, we have Sodom and Gomorrah. We have the flood, right? We, we have those kind of instances. We, ha- we have Canaan being, uh, the land of Canaan being wiped out uh, by the Israelites, but one of the things that we need to recognize all fits into the, to, to those stories or puts them into a category. They're societies. They're not individuals. So it's very unlikely that we're going to see God reach down and smite one person for murder. Rather, he has a set way to, do, to deal with that. And, and we've got to think through this. Why, why does God not do that? Why wouldn't God just reach down and smite Somebody, right? We, we, I like using that word. We, we, you know, he's just going to strike them dead. Why not? Because we are his image bearers and we are his vicegerents. We are to rule in his stead by his authority. So what that means is there has to be a representative who uh, either he or a group of he's uh, bear the sword, as Paul explains in Romans 13. And, and it has to be done according to his standard for his glory, right? Um, we remember the times where God, I mean, Paul tell, he, he tells, uh, it's actually Romans 12, where he says, leave room for wrath. You're not to take your own vengeance. So Adam and Eve and all their children were not to take their own vengeance for the murder of Abel. Okay, fixed standard. Can't do it. Right, and then and then Paul goes in to explain what what the 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 means of of that wrath is. It is it is the state, right? Kings and rulers bear their authority, not for no reason. They don't bear the sword for no reason. They they bring the the vengeance and wrath of God on offenders, on sinful people. They they don't bear the sword in vain, right? So then, if God doesn't normally reach down into history and smite people because he allows his representatives to do it, we also have to take into consideration that there is a maturation process by which the church is going from stage to stage. Um, some like to call it dispensations. Um, Paul, Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, I think, calls it administration. Um, that's That's the... The, the word that uh, the reformers uh, latched on to to explain um, the, the differences in um, the times 
Um, but the word is actually translated in the King James, New King James, dispensational. Uh, the dispensations, that's where the word comes for, from for the dispensational view. I'm not dispensational. Uh, I am covenant, uh, covenantal. I believe that, that God administers uh, different things in different covenants, and we're in the final covenant. Um, so so there, there, there's a maturation process, and at this point in history— there's no one mature enough to bear the sword. So, so here's this is kind of this is kind of the the situation. You have a you have something that needs to be done, right? So there's there's this this event has happened, and you need someone to to drive you somewhere. But the only person there is a five year old, and no matter no matter how bad the situation is, it's only going to make it worse to put a five year old behind the wheel of a car. Or a truck, right? It's, even if they were tall enough to, to do everything, they just don't know. Or if you have somebody that's a, a, a mature adult, maybe that's a better illustration, who's a mature adult, but they're not mentally past the age of five. They're only mentally at, at that stage, and they can't mature any, any more than that, and they, they're just not able to bear the responsibility of driving. It's very much the same here, though Adam um, Adam was not, you know, able to do that. Now, what we have to understand is this shows us the great effect of sin, even on the first man. Adam had all the gifts, and he he had. I mean, he he was the man, but then sin entered the world, and then he suffered from that sin. Uh, to the point where I think it, I don't want to say it made him, made him re- regress uh, in maturity, but just understanding and being able, it's not that it's not that he was an infant or that he was stupid, you know, because I don't want to mis- I don't want to misrepresent. It's it's that he did not he did not yet have the wisdom. He was still he was still in the priestly stage. He was only doing what he was told. He he didn't have any practice in that, and and we see that it, it actually. It actually takes uh, over a thousand years to get to the point where there's a man mature enough to bear the sword, and he has to go through a flood to get there. And so it takes that point, right? Um, so we have we have a population of immature people who are not ready to wield the sword. Rather than strike Cain dead, it was in the purpose of God to allow Cain to continue to live and wander, even though the eter- eternal standard was lex talionis, or an eye for an eye, right? Cain deserved death. And had there been, you know, mature authority on the earth at the time, he would have probably been put to death. He would have, God would have took care of that. But we also see that he, that he stays execution on David. Why? To serve his purposes. Because there was, there was things that needed to be done. Um, and this is preferable, right? The the allowing Cain to live was preferable uh, to placing the sword in the hands of people unable to wield it correctly. We we need to understand that biblical wisdom is not something that to be scoffed at. It's it's not something that um, we just don't worry about. We have to put a lot of emphasis on wisdom, and this is why you can have you can have. I know a lot of men. I know a lot of young men. Um, they're getting older, and so am I. But a lot of young men who, knowledge-wise, they surpass me. Man, they 
they are much smarter than I am when it comes to things of the Word of God, right? You know, and you hear people talk about them all the time. Man, that dude right there is, boy, he is, he is stupid smart. You know, he, he is brilliant. You just sit down and talk to him. But then you look at their lives and there's no wisdom, right? They have all this book knowledge, but they have no practical understanding of how life works and how to deal with people and and how to be gracious and and uh, and and to remember you're sinful and and all these things that come with just living for Jesus over a period of time, right? You know, because when I was man, when I got saved, I was 24 years old, and by the time I was 26, man, I thought I should have a church. That's the worst thing. God, thank you for saving me from that. Lord, help me, <laughs> and not yeah, thank you, Jesus. I mean, that would have been horrible, um, and. I just I didn't see it because I I I didn't have wisdom and you know you know you don't know what you don't know I guess but but the thing is that we need to understand that's that's why there is such uh, parameters on leadership in the church that make sure not only do you know how to what to do right but you know how to do it and that's what wisdom is wisdom is applying the word of God in everyday practical ways. You've lived life in such a way or so long for Christ that you're able then to take the things that God tells us and then apply them yourself to, to those situations and, and your life. Um, well, that is all for this uh, episode. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to contact us at crownrightscastnet at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us via uh, the Facebook uh, page, uh, which is crownrightscastnet network uh on facebook and you also could reach out to me personally um my uh, i have a facebook page um michael Ware, uh michael lee Ware, uh on facebook and you could message me through messenger as well um so until the next time walk in a manner worthy of christ to please god love you